Welcome to the second episode of the Wholesome Business Podcast, where I talk to Amit Bakta of Health Through Posture. We actually had to record this podcast twice. I went with my colleague Amina and we recorded this at Amit's studio the first time round. And we were just approaching the end of the conversation. We had a really good conversation with Amit. And I realized that for some reason we hadn't been recording the podcast at all. So it was an epic fail. Um, we're learning definitely from our mistakes on this podcast. And Amit was incredibly generous. He was incredibly understanding about it. And he offered to come back two days later to our office broom cupboard and do it all over again. We had a slightly different conversation, but it was even more interesting the second time around. Um, so, you know, every cloud has a silver lining. In this conversation, we talked to Amit about how we can stay pain-free when working in an office environment, the importance of following your passion, how to keep customers happy by keeping staff happy, the challenges of being in demand, and also how money can play a role in achieving positive goals. So I hope you enjoy it. So thanks for coming here again, Amit. Oh, you're welcome. Today, um, well, let's kick off by finding out a little bit about what you do. You're a postural alignment therapist. Um, I think a lot of people probably aren't familiar with, with what that is, and you specialize in the Agoski method. So do you want to talk us through what that is and uh, the philosophy behind it? Yeah, so basically, um, so I help people with their posture. Um, kind of a whole grain, what's kind of your, your life? your kind of not slogan but your theme is to make websites that are good for you right exactly so for me it's kind of like it's to help people live pain free um and i found in my experience that most people if they get pain in some point in their life or it's back pain hip pain etc it's because their posture has gone out of position and so what i do is i help people improve their posture so that they can be pain free um and it's not really about you trying to sit up or stand up straight as as you're looking at me i'm not sitting up that great am i (laughs) but you can't always think about sitting up and standing up straight it's more about if your body and your muscles are in balance. And most people's, um, for most people it's not, and that's because we don't use our bodies the way we ever designed to. Like from nowadays we spend a, a lot of time sitting down from a young age at school, yeah. and when that happens our muscles go out of balance over time. And then because our muscles position our body, our body goes out of balance. Maybe one hip is higher than the other, shoulders are rounded, heads forward. Um, one leg appears to be longer than other because, the other because of some imbalances, etc. And eventually that leads to pain, like back pain, hip pain, etc. because of all the excess strain through the system. So what I do is I kind of help people get to the root cause of their issue rather than just trying to um, paper over the cracks. Yeah. And the yeah. way that we do that is through corrective exercise because, again, you can't consciously think about sitting up straight all the time because it doesn't really work. And that's quite a key thing, isn't it, the corrective exercise, that it's different from a lot of other treatments for sort of back pain and RSI and things like that in that you're, you're teaching people how to sort of do exercises to in, improve their alignment yeah. rather than you doing manipulation and so on. Exactly. So it's not, <clears throat> it's not a manual therapy. It's not um, a lot of therapies try and I think, what intention, but I think they try and tackle the condition. So let's say you have um, knee pain. They might give you some painkillers or do some kind of work, massage or treatment on the hip, the thigh, the knee, the hip, the thigh, etc. Um, or surgery or braces, etc. And it's all just trying to tackle that kind of that, that, that location rather than looking at the whole body and the posture. And so, yeah, it's through corrective exercise so that you can basically do it yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, great. So how did you get into this? Because you're, 
your background wasn't originally in this. You were originally a teacher, I think, but you, you studied biochemistry, is that right? Exactly, yeah. University, I studied biochemistry, so I loved, always loved science since I was a kid. I like the human body, but um, I didn't really want to work in a lab. So then I was just day 21, actually, when I graduated, so I thought, what could I do? So I became an English teacher for six years. Um, and after that, I worked in kind of a corporate environment, um, and I think I've told you this story before. But I was standing on the we had a little like high-rise office in Houston, and I was looking out on a Friday afternoon, and um, I just felt kind of disenfranchised. And I said to some of my colleagues, I, "I don't think I was designed to work in an office." <laughs> and um, one lady, her name was Adriana. She um, she said, "Yeah, you know what? I think so too. I think you should do something related to health." Yeah. I was like, why'd you say that? He says, oh, you're always talking about it, the human body, etc. I was like, all right. So later that night, I did some lots of research, and um, I said, okay, what can I do that will help people? Because I used to have a lot of pain, and that can impact your know, body and stuff like that. And then I um, uh, saw that there was an osteo- osteopathic course, so training yeah. to be an osteopath, a master's degree, five-year course. So I called them up the next day, and um, the course was due to start in three weeks, and the woman on the phone, oh, God, I forget her name, but she was like... Um, she was like, why have you left it so late? She was shouting, why have you left it so late? I was like, oh, I just found out about it, etc. She said, okay, come along for an interview. Went for an interview about two days later, and I got accepted. <laughs> and I started, and then I did that for three years, but in my third year, I found out about my current method, which is um, um, postural alignment therapy, but it's based on a method called the Agoscu method, which yeah. is founded by this guy in America. And I found out about that. So at the same time as studying osteopathy, I was studying the Agoscu method as well. And the more I studied the Agoscu method, the more I saw that most people's problems do it to do with posture and yeah. so um, I moved into that yeah yeah and you, it's interesting you say that you weren't designed to work in an office yep. of course nobody's designed to work in an office and that that's why people have so many kind of um, musculoskeletal problems I guess and um, so what tips have you got for anybody listening that's <laughs> sort of simple things they can keep in their mind to try and adapt their body to the unnatural environment that we live in okay, cool. I've never had that question before Tom <laughs> uh, so <laughs> So you're right, we're not really meant to be designed to live, work in office, right? we're meant to be in the jungle if you think about it, um, but we can't spend all our, our lives in the jungle, can we really? Um, so I'd say one big thing is not to stress out about it too much. You, you have to work in office, or you don't have to, but based, most people have to work in office, yeah? they're going to be seated. So there's just little things that you can do to try and minimize those negative effects of doing that. So one of them I'd say is try and get up at least every half an hour. Um, I know that's difficult, I know you're going to be in the zone, etc. But at least every half an hour, if you can, just get up, even if it's just a stretch, get some water, go to the toilet. Yeah. That will make a big difference because it's just being sedentary which causes so many issues. Um, number two is give your body a bit of variety. So if you're at the same desk with the same chair height, with the same monitor height, and the same mouse position, you're doing that each day, so the same muscles are kind of getting used. So I know there's lots of information out there about ergonomics, etc., which is great, but just mix things up. So maybe one, every Monday, move your monitor slightly to the left. Yeah. Move the mouse to position, change your chair height, and the next week change it again. Just keep trying to mix things up and do that in, in life as well. Yeah, that's uh, definitely one that's helped me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I move things around as much as I can and experiment a lot, which I think is kind of a key, key thing. But I've got a standing desk and a sitting desk, and I kind of move between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you finding the standing desk? I really like it actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but again, it's one of those things where I couldn't stand it all day. Exactly. So, uh, it's variety, yeah. right? Because our bodies are designed to have variety. And when we lose, because we don't live in a world of so much variety, um, you know, we tend to sit on the same sofa at home, the same dinner table, the same 
car seat, etc. Um, certain muscles shut down that causes the posture to go out of position and then you end up with excess wear and tear and then pain right so um, variety is important and also just moving around when you're not in the office remember a lot of being in an office is not, not, not an ideal environment so there's little things you can do but what's more important than the office environment and the chair is the body you bring to the chair and the office yeah. does that make sense yeah so a lot of people they, bl- you know, they blame let's say they run and they have pain, like knee pain, ankle pain, etc. They'll blame the running. But running is not a problem, right? Because we're designed to run. It's the body that you bring to the running. So the best thing that you can do if you're going to be in office, those little things I mentioned, but also to just make try and get your body in a better position, in more balance, so that when you come into the office, you're more able to deal with that environment. Does that yeah. make sense? And the way that you can do that is, is through post, kind of posture correction exercises. Um, so if anyone, I don't know if it's going to be in a link somewhere around when you post this up, but if you go to my website, which is healththroughposture.com, yeah, I'll post the link to that. Um, so it's um forward slash blog, or just click on the blog link, the blog um, menu, you know, what, what would I call that menu button? Yeah, in the, in the website menu. Yeah. Exactly, there we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you click there, there'll be a host of videos about exercise you can do in the office, general posture exercise, so do them every day so that you're in a better position for when you go in the office. Um, so I'd say those three. Get up at least every half an hour, more variety for your body, and just be more posturally aligned for when you go into the office. Yeah, yeah. And actually, even though, I mean, I obviously, you know, I come to see you regularly, and I have a menu of exercises that I try to do almost every day, um, and I know that I always sort of complain about how much time it takes. <laughs> but, yeah, we have an ongoing negotiation, right? Yeah. <laughs> But for for an average person, I mean, I, I guess I'm sort of fairly extreme case that I am tackling sort of years and years of of, of bad posture that cause me problems. Yeah. But for an average person who's just trying to keep themselves in check, just probably even a few minutes a day, I guess, is is a lot better than doing nothing. A few minutes a day is definitely a lot better than nothing. I mean, ideally, most people I would I would like to see people doing fifteen to twenty minutes. Yeah. But um, there aren't fifteen to twenty minutes worth of exercise on my website. But there's some there's three or four say different kinds. So. Even just doing those each day can make a massive impact. Um, so yeah, the body the body's got an incredible ability to heal and get back to its normal. It wants to get back to normal. Yeah. It just needs that stimulus. So um, yeah, even a few minutes is going to help. And even like I said, getting up every half an hour it seems like such a little thing, but it can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So it's these okay. little things you do over time. Yeah. Okay. I'm really interested. You um you mentioned before that um you found out Igoski for the first time at Tony Robbins. Um, yeah. Event. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about Tony Rivers. I've seen some of his videos online. I know he's a, a sort of a very successful motivational speaker. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about what those events are like, because I think a lot of people probably heard of Tony Rivers, but don't know what these events entail. And what yeah. did you get out of it? So, Tony Robbins is Tony Robbins is, is kind of yeah. He he calls himself kind of a peak performance coach, a strategist, kind of life strategist. And um, yeah, I would recommend anyone just go get one of his books. I think um, it's a great book. Uh, Unleash? No, no, no. Awaken the Giant Within. I read that book when I lived. I lived in Italy for a bit. And I read that book and it was phenomenal. It just talks about different life strategies, but about so many areas. Like it talks about health. He talks about finances. He talks about your emotional health, physical health, relationships. So many different things. Career, business. Um, so I went to one of his seminars, it was four days and it was phenomenal, one of the best experiences of my life so I definitely recommend it, and you can go to his website TonyRobbins.com, I don't work for him just um, I really <laughs> believe in what he does That's a pretty mammoth event, I mean four days Four days, and yeah. it's not little. It's not like um, you know, like a normal conference from 9 till 5 
you start at nine and then you finish sometimes at twelve or one at night. Really, unbelievable, it's unbelievable for four days. And, and is he doing all of the speaking, or is that other people that makes it? He he does the the for that event he does the first day and the third day, but the whole time. Yeah. So he doesn't even take any breaks either. You get like a one hour lunch, but dinner break maybe. Yeah. But for the rest of the time he's just on stage nonstop. Wow. It's unbelievable. Um, and it's so, so such. I would recommend anyone to go there and just go to one of his events. And the fourth day was all about health. Yeah. And um, that's when I got introduced to the Agoscu method because he's good friends with one of the founders, Peter Agoscu. And Tony Robbins used to have neck problems and back problems, and so he does his own exercise every day. Um, and so I found out about it from then, and, and then I got trained up. Yeah. yeah. Wow, good stuff. So it's really, uh, really has changed your life. Yeah, absolutely, because I wouldn't be doing what I was doing now yeah. if I hadn't found out about it. Well, you know, the universe works in funny ways. Right? Yeah, so that's maybe true, but you've come around some other way. Maybe, but I, yeah, because of him, that, and also some of the stuff he talked about in terms of doing something you're passionate about and what yeah. you love, that I got from, I think, from attending his seminar and reading his material. Um, so that kind of helped me, or eventually took time to realise, actually, you're not really enjoying what you're doing, switch to something you're passionate about, etc. Yeah. So, um, yeah, massive difference. Yeah. Massive difference. So I'd recommend it. So yeah, TonyRobbins.com. I'll, I'll, I'll plug his website more than mine. So TonyRobbins.com and just read one of his books or go to one of his seminars. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so you're talking about doing something that you're passionate about, something that you love. Um, I think that's you know universally great advice for everybody. Um, but a lot of people starting a business, it's sort of it's all it's all about you know making lots of money rather than and, and people, there's. There seems to be sort of two camps. There's there's people who are sort of very corporate, and then there's people who run more sort of lifestyle businesses. And I guess in my world doing web design, I'm interacting with people from all walks of life. And yeah. And um, and I find that people who are from the very much corporate world, they often make sort of comments about lifestyle businesses in a slightly like derogatory derogatory way, oh, as really? if they look down on it, as if it's like yeah, they're not real businesses. Oh, Do you really? know what I mean? Oh, right, okay. As if they're not taking the sort of I guess the the financial side yeah. um, seriously and I, I think that's unfair because I think actually the whole point of starting a business is to give yourself a good life yeah. to achieve, do something in the world that that you care about give yeah. other people a good life yeah. um, and I think you can have both yeah. um, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on that yeah I agree completely um, it's interesting so gosh such a big topic so yeah I agree completely I think you can do both and I do both, so you know, um, it's something I really care about. I was in pain myself. I enjoy doing it. I love helping clients, and it's something I really believe in, right? Um, and I think in some ways we all. And this is again, I got some from Tony Robbins. Is if you're going to do something with your life, it, sh- it doesn't have to be, but it you know it can be good if it's doing something for the good of the world. Yeah. So I think you know, in my little way, I'm helping people by getting out of pain, which can make a massive difference in their life. Definitely. Um, so that there's that side. But I look. I think they are combined because I think that in order to help more people, I think I have to be better at business. Yeah. Because what I do is quite obscure. Like everyone knows about physiotherapists, chiropractic, osteopathy, doctors, etc. Um, and not many people know about kind of postural alignment therapy or the Agosco method, etc. So I have a kind of responsibility to raise the profile of that because I think it, in my opinion, it's more effective than those treatments. Again, it's kind of the root cause of your yeah. pain, right? It's more empowering for the individual, etc. So. If I'm not good at business, or I'm not good at marketing myself, or you know, communicating to people, then how am I going to spread that message? So I think that com- that can be combined. Um, I think if my only my only focus was money, um, 
yeah, I could, probably I could still help people, but I think it wouldn't wouldn't be as rewarding. Um, and I think patient people can pick up on that if that all you care about is the bottom line, right? So I think you need both. But I think both work, and I think they can work hand in hand. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you need a successful business to make it sustainable. Exactly. Um, and I think you mentioned when we were talking before about, um, you know, that in order to help more people, long term, you might want to actually sort of scale the business and yeah. get more people involved. Exactly. So, I mean, in the future, at the moment, so when I first started, I, I was kind of, I left my job and then um, I started doing what I was doing. And for the first few months, I was minus. I was like, whoa, from my salary to minus. And then, <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was pretty rough. And then um, then I got up to like a, a small level, but I was still using quite a bit of savings. Then I got up to the same as my former salary. And then now I like, you know, a lot more than my old salary. So yeah. that's such a good feeling. But yeah, I do want to take it further um, so I can have more money. Yeah, but so I can help more people because I really think it should be bigger in this country around the world. So yeah, I'd like to have like a team of people open the first clinic in London that's just dedicated to kind of posture um, and then have a series of clinics etc so um, yeah I think and to do that you've got to be good at business Yeah. because how are you going to pay your employees how are you going to promote um, how are you going to get the venue how are you going to be sustainable otherwise you're going to go you yeah. know, business and the bigger the bigger the company grows the bigger the risk effectively yeah. so you've got to be really really good at both sides of it yeah you have to be so I, I think they can be linked um, and as long as you're you're doing it with your own integrity, I think it's I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you used to be a teacher. Yeah. And um, one of the differences between um sort of conventional treatments like physio, I mean physiotherapists do to some extent they normally give you some exercises to do at home, yeah. but that's not the primary um aspect of what they're doing. Generally, people are going there and kind of saying, I've got something wrong with me fix me yeah. whereas you're more teaching people how to help themselves do you think your background as a teacher has been um, helpful in in you actually specialising in the Yagoski method rather than a different method I think so um, I think so um, because yeah you're right I think a lot of therapies and also because a lot to be honest patients expect that too they expect to turn up and then they want to be fixed yeah Ah, here I am, fix my problem. That's what you're paying for, right? <laughs> exactly. But um, unfortunately, you do that, and um, sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes, remember, we're not, they're not really fixing the root cause. If you go to your doctor and say, ah, oh, I've got shoulder pain, it gives you some painkillers, you're just cutting off the signal, right? Yeah. Pain is just a signal. It's the way that your body tells you something's not right. In the same way that, like with a computer, if an error message pops up, I don't know what would happen, like, and it says systemic crash due in <laughs> two, two days... And you just wipe the screen, you haven't really solved the problem, right? It's still there in the background. Yeah. Same thing with your body. So with physiotherapy, and I think physiotherapy has, a lot, has, some, has its place, you know, they, they can do rehabilitation really well. Maybe they can help in the short term. But the exercises they give are more kind of strengthening. Yeah. It's just kind of quite general. Um, it's not looking at the whole body and saying, how do we get the posture better? Um, and the onus is more on the physiotherapist leading it, whereas I try to, and um, posture therapy in general tries to, like, as cliche as it sounds, help you help yourself. Probably yeah. when we first met for our first session, right? I can't remember, but I usually would have said, I would have said, look, it's different from other therapies. My job is to guide you and help you um, help yourself by giving you the tools, giving you these exercises so you can do them yourself yeah. and then continue them for your life. Um, so yeah, being a teacher, I think, has helped that because um, a good teacher will, a, a good teacher doesn't just teach someone and give them knowledge, it teaches someone how to um, 
develop themselves, right? Yes, yeah. like, like a parent, right? I'm not, I'm not a parent, but I think I wrote a quote on Facebook one day. I thought it was really good. He said, um, "The job of a parent is not to always, or not always to always take care of the children, but to teach their children how to take care of themselves, yeah. so they can become adults and just flourish, right?" So um, yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. One of the things I find, I mean, and in all walks of life, pain is a great motivator. So. In terms of doing my Goski exercises, I find that you know when I'm in more pain, I'm more likely to spend more time doing the exercises, and then as I start feeling better, yeah. I I slacken off, and then things get worse, and you go in this sort of um, peaks and troughs, yeah, yeah. and and I guess that's true in anything in life, really, including like business, where when things are going good, you don't bother spending any time marketing and sort of nurturing customer relationships as much as you should do because yeah. you you're so busy just doing the work because things are good, and then. When things are bad, you're always you're always sort of running, trying to get customers and, and so on. Um, what are your thoughts on sort of motivation through the good times? <laughs> I think that's tough, isn't it? Like you said, we do respond to pain as a species, right? As human beings, um, I think out of all my clients, probably about ten percent of them are proactive, so they can yeah. only come to me to to stop because they want to reduce their risk of pain in the future. Um, but ninety percent of people who have pain, and then when, once we get them pain free, or we improve things a lot. Um, I always tell them you you need to carry on doing it right because it's like a dentist if if you go to your dentist and your teeth are a bit messed up and he's saying how often do you brush your teeth oh, once a day I'm not doing it in the evening he'll tell you to brush your teeth in the evening yeah. right you brush your teeth or oh, let's see your teeth are fine you're not then going to stop are you you have to carry on for the rest yeah. of your life so um, unfortunately you do have to be a bit proactive but unfortunately you, know, you can tell people that to the blue in their yeah. face Sometimes pain is the only thing that will get people to do something. So yeah, I guess key part is probably trying to ingrain ingrain things as habits, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That, so that you just do them without even really thinking. Absolutely, like brushing your teeth is a habit now, right? Yeah, it's weird not to brush your teeth in the morning. Um, I guess I try and do that with my clients. Like with you, would you say that is a? <laughs> uh, I can tell from your facial expression, <laughs> personal. Like doing your posture exercise in the morning. How long is your menu in the morning? It's it's not well. It varies, obviously, but it's normally about 25 minutes. 25 minutes, really? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was somewhere between 15 to 20. Well, the current one's quite short, but yeah. I mean, like, average out. Average out, okay. Yeah. So let's say 25 minutes. So does it feel weird not doing it in the morning, or not really? I'm aware of it, yeah. Because okay. what I've tried to do is I've tried to do it before I have my breakfast. So I get okay. up in the morning and I do it. Really? Yeah. Oh, are you not and hungry then for the exercise? You're like cursing it. Damn, I have to do these exercises. Yeah, but if I, I know that if I have breakfast, then after breakfast, then I clean my teeth, <laughs> and then and then I go and work. Yeah. So I've kind of found that I have to do it straight away, and yeah. then I, there's no distraction because oh, as soon as I get distracted, it, game it's over. really hard to then motivate myself to fit it somewhere else in the day. Um, Particularly, I do the tower exercise, which nobody listening would know what that is, but it basically takes one to two hours, yeah. um, and do it once a week. Yeah. And so that I've actually been quite good at developing it as a habit. But basically, it's like Friday morning. That's what I do. I set. Oh, Friday morning. Oh, I didn't know you do it on Friday. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. It's, it's become a habit quite quickly. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone can find. I mean, unless your life is completely crazy, you can always find ten minutes, right? Yeah. Or fifteen minutes, I think. So, um, you know, 15 minutes of posture exercises, I think that is better than an apple a day. <laughs> Trust me, 15 minutes of posture exercises a day, that will keep the doctor away, potentially. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that one up. Yeah. I should post it on Facebook, though. 
forget the apple. Maybe I could get like a picture of an apple like with a cross for it. I'd say, forget the apple a day. 15 minutes of my posture exercise day will keep the doctor away. I'm going to do that. <laughs> See how many likes I get for that. Yeah, okay, I'll look out for that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned when you started, um, when you started as an Agoski practitioner. Um, oh, but I should, it's important as you say, because otherwise I might get sued. So the Agoski method is, um, it's like a trade, it's, it's a method found in America by a called Peter Agoski, yep. but it is trademarked. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm trained um, by Agoski University, which is like the teaching wing of the Agoski yeah. method. So, um, so you can say I do posture therapy certified by Agoski University. Uh, but yeah, I can't but you say, don't actually work for Yeah, them. I don't work for them. It's important I say that, just so yeah. I don't get sued or anything. Please don't sue me. <laughs> got it on record. I got a disclaimer. Yeah. Um, okay, so when you started as a posture therapist, there we um, that must have been... Well, it sounds like you've taken quite a few big risks in terms of you know changing career. Um, you, you switched from being a teacher to a corporate job, then you quit the corporate job, went to train... Um, Chiropractice, was it? Osteopathy. Osteopathy. Um, And then, before you finished that, you then made another change to um, posture therapy. So, do you consider yourself to be to be a risk taker or is it just something that kind of you don't really think about you know what it's quite weird most people meet me I'm not actually a risk taker like I'm a bit I'm trying to change I'm a bit anal I try and get everything perfect since yeah. a young kid you know everything's all perfect I want to know the outcomes everything so if you look at my life though it's interesting because I haven't really done that so when I left I left because I was in English I taught English um, as a foreign language so I worked for the British Council Yeah. so I left university at 20, well, I finished graduated at 21 and then I went to China for 3 years then Italy for 3 years so those are all big risks right? yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. So then changing career is always a big risk. Um, leaving osteopathy, it was a five-year course I left after three years, but that's just because, even though it's a great treatment, it has its place, I knew the Agoscu, well, posture therapy was so much more effective, in my opinion, and I could see it was going to help a lot more people. So it, it, it was a risk to leave, because, you know, when you tell someone you're an osteopath, when you tell someone you're a chiropractor, when you tell someone I'm a physiotherapist, people know what that means. When you tell yeah. someone you're a posture specialist, there's not going to be that many people... Um, who are coming to look for? Well, surprisingly, there are actually because there's the books about the method, etc. So people do come and find me. But you have to be, you have to generate your own clients. You have to go out and do things, talks like with you, and tell yeah. people look, this is most likely why you're in pain. So it did take a, a big risk. I think for a lot of people, though, if anyone listening, you know, if they switched over and left their job and started a business or etc., um, there is that risk. And I, you know, I stayed in a job that I probably didn't like for more than a year. You know, it took me that. Even though I knew it, look, the right thing to do is go. For, do your passion, etc. But society doesn't teach you that, right? From a young age, yeah. you know, get a job, get a car, get security. The world is tough. There's everyone's competing, etc. So to to not do that, it takes time. But you know, it's not. You know, it took me a while to get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of taking risks, I guess you could say my action. I don't think I do, but my actions, I guess you could say I do. Um, but they're calculated risks, because I. Yeah. Because um, which I think. That kind of goes. You said you're a bit anal, um, <laughs> but those two often go together. That people who take risks, the ones who don't think they're risk takers, tend to yeah. be people who try to actually really be thorough. Yeah. Um, so they're very much calculated. They're not just wildly just. Ga- they're not gambling. It's very much calculated risk. No, that's true. I mean, I have faith in my, I, I, and I still feel like what I'm doing now. I'm more or less fully booked. So business is going great. But the next step is, you know at some point in the near future I want to try and open a clinic 
get some other Porsche therapists to work with me, etc. So that'll be the next kind of big risk yeah. to put a lot of capital on it, etc. But I think you've got to have a little bit of faith in your ability and also the faith that you're doing the right thing, right? If you're doing something that you think you're not too sure, ooh, you know, like for example, you guys, if you didn't think you made websites that were good for you uh, <laughs> or that good, you might have a bit of doubt, right? Yeah. And it's not like I'm 100% confident. Even you, like everybody, you have doubts about yourself, oh, am I, am I good enough for this, etc. But I think inside, if you're doing something which you believe in and you know that makes a difference and helps, you will do it, right? Yeah. So in the back of your mind, you say, look, these people will get this, it will work. Um, whereas if I was doing a method which I didn't really believe in or didn't really think helped that people, then I think that that would be a risk because it's yeah. like, gosh, you're doing something that doesn't actually make, doesn't actually help people. Yeah. Um, and I think your enthusiasm, because you believe that your enthusiasm rubs off on people. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's part of the success in itself. Really. I think so, yeah. And that comes out of the business stuff as well. And also, you know, you've got to, you've got to be good at, you've got to learn skills of business and stuff like that. Otherwise, um, how are you going to impact people? Um, how are you going to survive? How are you going to keep afloat? Um, and how are you going to be successful yourself so that you feel happy and better? Yeah. Then you can help people more, etc. Um, so really important. Yeah. So is that something you've enjoyed? Is the um, all that other stuff you have to do? Because um, if you were a practitioner working for another clinic, I guess you would really most of your work would be focused on the, the practice side of it. But because you're you're doing it under your own brand, health through posture, yeah. you're you're running your own business and so you've got to learn you know marketing skills and finance and, and so on i think that's so. really interesting i think for a lot of a lot of um mo i think most therapists in the health industry they don't really find their own clients if i'm honest i think so i think i can say that because if you're a physio you'll join a local physio you'll join a surgery or a physiotherapist center or a gym etc same thing with a doctor etc same thing with an osteopath um etc um but with mine, not really. Uh, the business side was really important because it's not that well known, right? Yet, um, but I've loved that side of it. It's really fun. I enjoy it just as much as being a practitioner. Practitioner, being a practitioner, great. Love helping people. Love working with people. I've seen the results. But I also love behind the scenes. Like we spoke about it before. You know, I have all these little spreadsheets which track, <laughs> you know, what I'm doing each month. And I love making. I make videos on my Facebook page. On my, I have a newsletter. Um, on my website, on my blog. Um, that help show people what's going on articles putting it on you know all the social media stuff I, s I love doing that I love reading books about it um, podcasts from other people so I love that side of it and I think they go hand in hand together actually um, so I don't sacrifice one for the other yeah um, they both help yeah no, that's good and um, one of the things that I think I mean definitely in our business one of the things that's really helped us is the fact that we niche so we only we only do WordPress and there's not many people who in the web development world who really specialize in something very specific you know they, they tend to do a variety of different things yeah um, but specialization <coughs> in my mind is one of the, the real keys to, to success especially as a new business or a small business yes. you want to make your mark you want to stand out yeah. um, and for you because you're you're doing posture therapy in the Ugoski method, which is something quite unusual. Mm -hmm. Although it might seem a risk because the market's small, I think actually that's a massive, you know, USP for you guys <laughs> or for you because if you just if you'd finished your course in osteopathy, yeah, then you'd just be one amongst thousands of osteopaths, I guess. I think so. It's interesting when we when we were um, when I was studying osteopathy, some like like student colleagues. Um, we were talking about, oh gosh, you know, when we call for how we're going to get clients, because there is a bit of oversaturation, because osteopathy is growing, but there's also so many more, they're churning out thousands each year, right? Yeah. Um, 
but if you're, I think all, there are some also, like, like I work with a, a great osteopath in one of the clinics in John Woods, and he's constantly busy because he's so good, yeah. and so he's you know he's good in his local area. People know him, and there's some who struggle for work. So it also depends on your business side. But yeah, there's not many people who do what I do um, in terms of posture therapy in London or the UK. So that does help to some extent, but also means it's less well known. So I have to do even you more work than hard most to people to promote it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of niching, yeah, I, I agree. Actually, you've got to be. I think you have to focus on certain, and maybe I could do that better. Focus on certain areas and say, look, I'm going to target this kind of person, etc. My material, but um, I think my market is anybody in pain, really, yeah. and who wants to be, but who wants to be proactive about it? Because not everyone's going to want to be proactive. Some people just want a pill, or they want to yeah. be, they want a hip replacement, a knee replacement. I think the part that what I can help show people, or I'm trying to show people, is that that is not going to solve all your issues. It might help in the short term usually the pain will come back or it will come back later in your shoulder or somewhere else because you haven't yeah. targeted the root cause. And a lot of people have been through sort of all of that. You know, they've had the pills, they've had the surgery. surgery. tried all the different methods. Um, uh, you told me that. You tried not yeah. surgery, but you tried lots of different yeah, methods. Yeah, I've always, I mean, I've, I've never believed in surgery that I've always said like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that route. But yeah. in terms of other things, you know, I've seen all sorts of specialists had all sorts of treatments. Yeah. Doctors giving me, you know, painkillers and things, which, yeah. to be honest, generally, I stop <laughs> quite quickly because it's yeah. not it's not dealing with the root yeah. the root cause. But yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that there's probably a lot of people like that who have who have been offered those sort of um, treat the symptom type solutions, yeah. realise it's not working, and now they're looking. They actually want somebody who's going to say, look. Let's treat the root cause. Yeah, um, I get a lot of I get a lot of extremes because I get a lot of people who've literally they tried everything and then that's how they found out about the method. Or they've read Peter Goskey's book, uh, called Pain Free, etc., which is a great book. I recommend this if you want to be proactive and, and look at things yourself. Um, it's called Pain Free by Peter Goskey. So sold millions of copies around the world. So, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, people. So yeah. I get people all the time, oh yeah, I've done the physio, I've done, I've seen the osteopath, chiropractor. One guy saw an osteopath, chiropractor, Pilates, doctors, steroidal injections because of the disc bulge, yeah. um, core strengthening exercises, rest, even talked about surgery, etc. and he's still in pain and then we, I helped him. So yeah, you get lots of people on the extremes who've tried everything um, or think they've tried everything. Yeah. So that does happen a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think as 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 the sector grows or as awareness, as awareness grows of posture therapy, then people like yourself who are actually in their early promoting that are going to emerge as sort of you know sort of leaders and thought leaders, I guess, to some extent. I hope so. I, feel. I mean, you know, we all have visions, I guess, for our own business or what we want to do. Yeah. Right? But I, honestly, I will not. I don't think I'll be content unless in my lifetime. Well, maybe I'm being over ambitious, but who knows? That you know, posture therapy um, is as well known as physiotherapy, osteopathic, chiropractic, uh, other options, and people realise it's more effective. Yeah. In a lot of cases, now in my own, own lifetime, I don't know if that will happen. At least I could help start that you know journey, journey or process. But um, yeah, that's kind of the vision. Yeah. But Just I guess we all have that. I mean, what's I probably shouldn't answer questions. But what's like, <laughs> What's your vision for like? whole grain and what you do do you want every web website built to be good for you i'd love every website built to be good for you yeah <laughs> um i mean actually one of there's kind of two sides to our business so there's obviously what we do for our customers yeah. which is about building websites and we want to make sure that we build websites that actually 
help our customers meet their own business needs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you design my website. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a great website. Um, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but there's also the, there's also like internally, yeah. the business itself, that from my perspective, it's not, I don't look at it as a business, I look at it as a group of people. Oh, yeah. And those group of people all want to have a good life. They've all got their own individual dreams and ambitions. Yeah. And so for me, it's actually, it's almost a vehicle for working with people that I really enjoy working with, that I've yeah, yeah. spending time with, and us all working together to try and help each other achieve our own dreams, yeah. um, which doesn't always necessarily involve the, the work we're doing directly, building yeah. websites. Sometimes it's about the sort of how do we fit that work around a sort of more complete yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's the thing that's really given me huge satisfaction in the last couple of years. Well, that's, that's, that's really amazing, actually. That's, that's beautiful, actually. And it's interesting you say that because I, I kind of follow you guys on Instagram and stuff. And you always see, like, you know, a little lunch, having, oh, I can't, uh, you know, having lunch together. Everyone looks a bit happy. And then I met, um, who did I meet the other day? Amna. Amna, yeah, she was for you. I said, oh, well, I think when you left, I said, oh, how, have you long you been in the whole grange? She said, like, I think she had a couple of years, right? Um, a year and 18 months ago? Probably is something like that. I'm very yeah. bad with time. Uh, <laughs> and um, so she and she said, yeah, I love it. She said, you know, we all have quite similar. They take care of us a lot. You know, we do things and we're creative. So she was loving it. And so kind of everything you said, she would echo that. So obviously what your your vision is actually happening. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and that's good to hear. I mean, that's that's the thing that I, I really enjoy most. And, and it's not just about, you know, me and Vanessa, we run the business. It's not just about us trying to look after everybody else. It's very much, you know, reciprocal that yeah. everybody in the team tries to sort of... Like a family, right? Have each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a family. So it's, it's, there's two sides to business. There's the client side, but also internally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. It's interesting. There's this company called Southwest. Southwest Airlines, the most successful airline yeah, in America. America yeah. And I was watching a YouTube video of this CEO or someone, and they said they take care of their employees more than the clients, the passengers. Yeah. And they find that by doing that, the passengers will get looked after because the staff are so happy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that's a, more successful than any, than any other company. I, I think anyway. Yeah. In terms of airline industry. And obviously we're not successful like Southwest Airlines are. Yes. But <laughs> yet, yeah. But but we have a similar kind of thing whereby in order for our customers to get good service, the people in our team have to be happy in themselves. Yeah. You know, if they're if they're grumpy, if they're stressed out, yeah, yeah. then that's that's gonna reflect because we're effectively, you know, we're a customer service business. Yeah. So um, and I guess that's the same at the moment, it's just you but as as you grow well, even on your own, you know, when you're yeah. when you're happy you're going to rub, that's going to rub off on your clients. Exactly, and the best sessions happen when I'm in a, um, in a better mood. No yeah. matter what, however the client turns up, you know, I have clients who cry, sometimes there's so much pain, life's going terrible, etc. But if you're in a good place, it rubs off and the session goes really well. If you're not feeling so great that day, you know, it doesn't go as, it still goes well, because I'm very good at what I do. But, uh, <laughs> but um, It's just natural. But it's, it's natural, exactly. Yeah. The same in the office, right? But I think that comes from the top. I, I'm saying this theoretically, but also in, when I used to work in um, the corporate environment, I used to manage like teams of 16 people. And yeah, it comes from the top. So you guys, you and your wife, Benita, you know, I guess you in, you breed that culture, right? So I think it yeah. all comes from the top. Yeah, and in the last podcast we did with Fabio from um, WP Engine, which is a hosting company, yeah. web hosting company, um, we, we discussed that a little bit as well because we, we really enjoy working with them. Yeah. Even It's more of a sort of collaborative relationship because we build websites, they host websites. 
mm-hmm. we enjoy working with them because they always seem to be in a good mood they have a good time yeah, yeah. Um, whereas if they were all stressed out and, and, and miserable with, <laughs> we wouldn't have such a close relationship with yeah. them um, and, and they probably wouldn't be so successful because people like us wouldn't want to send all of our all of our clients their way so. yeah, it's a big deal big deal yeah yeah um, so I, I don't know if I've asked you this already if I have <laughs> stop me but what are you not listening to what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> lucky I've got a recording right? <laughs> that's why it's there yeah um, but what's the what are the biggest challenges you face so far you said that you know right at the beginning you had a point where you know money was going to the minus and so on mm. um, and it is it can be really tough and really stressful mm. starting a business so yeah. what are the biggest challenges of starting a business yeah um, okay so biggest challenge of starting a business and again I'm, at the moment I'm a one person army so it's just me but eventually it will it will be more people but I'd say as a one person army or in general what I would say is um, one is you're responsible for how that business is going to turn out so if you work in a corporate environment yeah you've got some responsibility unless you're the CEO usually there's someone above you you can talk to etc um, you know if you're ill you've got a job to go back to, if you take holidays, you get paid, etc. or yeah. when you work for yourself, you know, if something happens to you, income will probably dry up, right, unless you've got a team of people working for you, etc. Um, you are responsible for what happens. I think the biggest, well, it's a tough question, but the biggest challenge for me, or I guess I can only speak from my personal experience, is, oh, that's a tough question, biggest challenge I've had, I guess going wise, but I was prepared for that, so I saved up before. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not really sure, Tom. That's, I guess that's a question which caught me a bit off guard. Biggest challenges. Um, I would say just know what you're getting into. You've got to work hard. Um, but again, if you enjoy what you're doing, it's not really a problem. So I've worked really long days, yeah. 17, 18 hours. But I don't really see it as work because I enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Maybe sounds like you've got it all figured out. <laughs> no, I definitely have, definitely have not. But I can't, I can't think of a good answer to that question. No. You're going to have to invite me back. Okay. We'll do a part two. But that's two. good, you know. That, that's good that... You know, you mentioned that you know some of the challenges you've kind of seen them coming ahead of time. So yeah. even though there have been challenges, you've you've kind of known how to work through them. So yeah, at the moment, the biggest challenge, believe it or not, is actually being too busy now because I cannot. There's I have too many clients at the moment. Not too many. If you're listening to me and you're a client, don't worry. I don't have too many. I can always do with more. But, but no, I, I know exactly what you're saying because we have this, the same issue. Though. Yeah, fully booked. Almost fully booked. So it's like, how do you fit people in? Then you can't fit people in, and it's a very good problem to have. But then, you know, I guess with you, because you've got lots of teams, you you have to look at growing, but then you grow. How do you grow at the right pace and the infrastructure? Exactly. That, yeah. I'm not there yet, but I will be soon. But um, I guess that's a challenge. So. Yeah. But that's yeah. a good problem to have, right? It's a high-quality problem. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Yeah. But especially when you've got existing clients, yeah. you know, you, you want to make sure you yeah. fit them in. Yeah, exactly. That they, is my challenge at the moment, actually. Yeah. Because you don't want to appear that you're not... Because, like, for example, I have regular clients... And they want a slot in two weeks. They're like, oh, sorry, I'm fully booked for the next three weeks. It's like, whoa, that's not good because I want to take care of that person because they've been with me for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think the way I do that is that now for my rig clients, I just say, look, do you want to book the next two sessions, etc." cetera? So, yeah, yeah. I think the hardest thing in terms of growing a business is, is that first extra person. Yeah. Um, like now we've got you know, a reasonable sized team. One extra person in terms of risk isn't uh, that big. Uh, but when when you take on your first person, you're basically doubling the size of your company. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it feels really, really scary to, yeah. to take that leap. And so, you know, and it's a fixed cost more or less. It's, it's a fixed cost. Yeah. So let's say in your case, you've got, you've got, you're at 120% capacity yeah, yeah. and you don't really have time for that extra 20%. Yeah. 
but to take on an extra person you've got to double your capacity yeah, and, you're, exactly. and so you're not quite sure if, if you can sustain that and that's yeah. that was a real challenge for us a few years back and but eventually we, we just kind of bit the bullet and, uh, and did it and once we'd done it yeah. then we realised oh well we could fill that extra 80% yeah. keep that person busy and then third person fourth person and so on and now you've got empire <laughs> <laughs> a little micro micro empire <laughs> yeah um so uh, a question I've asked you before, but I'm going to ask you again. Yes. Now that you've had time to sleep on it. Oh yes. What's your own vision of success for yourself in terms of, or how do you define success? Oh, uh, success! I can steal from Tony Robbins because he's taught me so much. So he he says, and I agree that success is kind of doing what you want to do, when you want to do, how you want to do it, with who you want to do it, wherever you want to do it. Yeah. So. I don't turn down completely, but I think success is just living your life the way you would like to on your terms. Okay. And I think I'm approaching that more and more. You know, I design my own schedule. I see how many clients I want, the time, etc., like that. So I think for me, that is what success is. But I think success is always a moving target. I think important things. Not that I'm some guru in this area, but I'm just. This is how I think. Is it's easy to say than do right, but. I think success is always a moving target because you always have, I think as human beings in the society we live in, you have these goals and you think, oh, when I get to here, everything's going to be perfect, I'm going to be happy, etc. Yeah. But then when you get there, usually you adjust to that level and then you want something more, right? So I think success is living life on your own terms, being grateful for what you have all the time, um, and then just to continually grow, right? Because, you know, I don't know what's like for you, you about the moment, so I'm... Right, now I am where, when I first started my business, I wasn't sure if I'd get there. Right, can yeah. I can I see enough clients and help enough people so that I can um, um, get fully booked and you know earn the income that's going to allow me to live the life I want at the moment? And I'm kind of there, right? Yeah. So then the next, so now I'm here though, in my head I'm like, oh, well actually no, I should have a clinic. So you always, it always changes, you see what I mean? Yeah. So I think as long as you are can appreciate where you're at um, and just live on wholesome life as you would say yeah. uh, then I think that's success yeah. yeah. but I think it, but I think it's a moving target isn't it you can't say oh I've made it it's just a way of life isn't it success I think I think that's a really good way of putting it yeah, yeah. it is a way of life yeah exactly yeah. exactly because otherwise you get bored or you just get you want um, doesn't mean you always want more but you appreciate what you've got but you've got to realise that it's always going to change right and you're going to want different things at different times. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life's a constantly changing process, really. And, uh, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end. Thank okay, you. great. Thank you very much. Um, before we go, do you want to just tell people what your Twitter, Instagram, and website is? Oh, yeah. So if, any, you know, if you want to learn more about posture or what you can do, just or, you know, visit health, healththroughposture.com. Um, and on there, you'll get all the links to Twitter and stuff like that. On Facebook, I post lots of like, videos and tips on kind of how to be pain-free. So that's health through posture. And then um, why not subscribe to my newsletter too? And that's you can find that all on the on the information I'll send you, useful tips kind of every two weeks and stuff like that. So yeah, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. And check out Tony Robbins. Trust me, change your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing that tonight. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Cheers, Tom.